welcome to Magnified Abundance, the podcast dedicated to exploring the power of a growth mindset for business professionals and entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Izzy Nally, a business growth strategist and a hypnotherapist, and I'm thrilled to be your guide on this journey of discovery, learning, and growth. Every week, I bring you inspiring, insightful interviews with successful business owners, professionals, and entrepreneurs as they share their stories of mindset shifts that have led to their success. Together, we'll explore what it takes to cultivate an abundant mindset, overcome the limiting beliefs, and achieve greater prosperity in both business and life. So sit back, relax, and get ready to be inspired as we magnify abundance and achieve true success together. Let's get started. All right, we've got Mel B. Mel B, what do you do? (laughs) I'm a deep belief hacker. And what that means is I play in the quantum realm. Love it. I don't become an ant or a wasp but i play in the quantum where we that's for the marvel fans and get you you like i don't know what she's talking about well i totally the, know what you're talking about oh you do you can oh, yes play with me. no and it means i can access or help my clients uh, which is more correct access the not just the beliefs it's not just limiting beliefs and the way I describe it is we've all seen <laughs> we've all seen cobwebs and we know that they're anchored in. We have these anchor lines. And the the beliefs I kind of liken to parts of the web. We can have this web of around a specific subject. Mm-hmm. But we also need to dismantle the anchor lines. We also need to understand and maybe get rid of the spider, relocate the spider because we can have generational imprints that we've inherited in our DNA. We have had our past lives, whether you're religious, whether you believe in them is kind of not important. There are things in our subconscious that make no sense, but when you do the work, makes complete sense when you consciously have a conversation about afterwards going, well, does that, makes sense that I was a slave in a past life or that mine I was in a harem it just makes sense with how it's playing out in this life and it's like the same things in the in this version of society so we have to dismantle all of the pieces which is deep in our subconscious so that's what I that's how I play the sacred sacred space very cool. I love that. I love that because I have three kids and my, my youngest is one. My oldest is 14. Yeah, no, right. I started over, hit the reset button and I love it because if you're a parent, you can really see this because when a baby is born, they instinctively have so much personality. They instinctively have these fears, these things that they're drawn to and repelled from. And it's just wild, especially if you have a bunch of kids or even if you're a school teacher and you know all these children, right? Like they have such unique personalities and we find ourselves more and more when we're around children to go, past lives must be a thing. 
where does personality come from and even if you can't wrap your head around or don't believe in karma or re-entry rebirth whatever you don't believe in the re's to many it can just give a framework of explanation about personality yes and so i used to work in the medical school here and one of my students she actually specialized in genomes being turned on and turned off. Yes. And it was amazing because as our mindset shifts and of course, Harvard research studies show that we can actually alter our DNA through meditation. Right. Thank you for saying that. I've been preaching this for years. The book of biology of belief, epigenetics. Yes. It's not woo woo. It's not woo woo. And so she had proved in her doctorate in medical school that by altering our minds that we can turn our gene switches on and off. Now, other ways that genes get turned on and off are by like toxins and external factors, but we have these internal factors as well. So to say this, like we actually inherit our genes. That makes sense, right? We inherit genes. People are okay with genes and DNA. Yep, they're across that one. And our genes can affect how our body and our mind responds. They change. So why does it make sense when we say things? And I think it's just because it's not in our norm. It's not in our vocabulary yet. I don't say yet. But perfectly, exactly what you're saying. Like, we have this karmic, and people can use different words. But in this sense, we're using karmic. Okay, so... What have you found out about yourself in this process? Oh, good question. I've never been asked that. Oh, a ton. A ton. So let's start with the nice one. Okay. I did a meditation. I keep looking up because I'm trying to remember facts now. It was about five. I'm not good at remembering specifics. Five to ten years before I became a coach. and I've been going through a ton of my own healing energy work in in many forms and I did a meditation and I've been doing meditation I studied Buddhism for four years and always been into the spirituality of what could be and I received this meditation uh, sorry this piece of wisdom or a slap in the ear or whatever download it was download yeah yeah of I'm wrong. Sorry, I'm mixing my memories up. Okay, so when I was going through some of my deep trauma healing work with about my sexual abuse, my energy healer then said, I think you're going to be some sort of healer or coach in the future. Now, at the time, I was like, no, that would be, so I moved here 20 years ago. So yeah, about 15 years ago, I was like, I'm too messed up. Like, I'm still in it. I, I need. No, nah, that doesn't make any sense. And then five, that five years ago, the second one in this download was, I'm going to deliver a TED Talk. Oh, wow. Oh, my. That's big. I better get, get some practice in on this whole speaking thing. So that mm-hmm. catapulted me into preparing is like I've got this message I'm gonna I'm gonna make that happen there's this piece of wisdom that's within me 
I don't know, I'm working on what that topic still is. And now I've been a public speaker for since then, pretty much I just launched straight into it and mm. went to things and things. So what have I learned about myself? We don't know yet what we're capable of doing in the world, but I do know along the way that I'm mighty resilient. And another download I got after I was, okay, what's the purpose of all of this existence of my life and some of the traumas I've been through? And the message I got was love. You're here to teach love. So consciously, I kind of examined that and went, okay, I've already started a healing journey to self-love and the forgiveness had already was well underway for my perpetrator. And it gave me the understanding that by showing we are not By demonstrating, we don't have to be a victim of what's happened to us. Mm. We can find and demonstrate love. So that's one beautiful thing I've learned along the way about myself is not only is everything about love, what would love do? How would love respond? Heal with love. I'm here to teach practically, strategically, how you can do that in life and business. So that's one of the, the, the beautiful things I've really learned about myself along the way. And the crazy thing is the light has just gone out. Hello, they're playing with me. Well, that's cool. I, I love that. I, I myself often speak about you know, how we can tune into the feeling, the vibration of love and abundance and recognizing when we're in a space of fear or scarcity because so often we're in that space of fear and scarcity when we don't recognize it absolutely so it's called a blind spot for a reason mm -hmm. yeah so talking about money and this ability to scale mm -hmm. our businesses and make an impact while we're doing it but also doing that self-love, that self-growth and all of that. What did you find in the beginning compared to now? The the scarcity mindset that was and the abundant mindset that is now. Oh, <laughs> night and day. I, look, I grew up, my background is of poverty, not broken poverty like completely but I grew up in a trailer park a caravan park yeah and we did not have there money. too ah okay yeah. and it makes it really hard to understand I still don't have financial wisdom by my now new definition I however have shifted into a perspective of understanding money is a tool money is an ingredient it's a frequency it's it's not this it's not this abstract it's not like a private jet that is completely beyond reach the average person yes 
money is an amplifier of who we are and where we're at. And that's shit for people going through the understanding of that. Absolutely been there. And it's only in the last couple of years that I've really been able to understand. It's a frequency. So what shifted for me and how this might help your audience is before I met my fiance, Mm -hmm. I was so seeking that connection. Not in a desperate yearning way. I was a dating coach at the time. In a, my heart has so much to give and I'm excited to find that person to share all of me with. I know I am capable of so much love. I was already on this understanding of who I am and I had done for the most part my healing. And so I was excited to share that. And now when I talk about money or feel about money, or if I'm like, oh, I want to hire the next coach or do the next thing. And I don't have the money in my bank account or whatever's. Money, wealth, being rich is a frequency just like love. Mm-hmm. It's a thing that can come into us. We can abuse it. We can disrespect it when it is with us. It's a, it's an energy that manifests in either a human being or in ones and zeros digitally or physically in money or in objects or in gifts or other things or ways that stop us needing to spend the money. So that shift for me is money is just a frequency. In fact, it's, it's just a digital asset. Yes. It's not even real most of the time. We make it real. Just like love is real, but we make it real when we find someone to shower that upon or be with. Now, I, I was in love with my girlfriends. I found ways to be romantic with myself and those people I loved enough to share parts of myself with. Mm. So we can manifest, if you want to call it that, anything if we change the perspective of how we view it of what it is love is a feeling that is conjured from within it doesn't it can come from external in but we are the ones who creates the feeling of love and we share that out it comes outwards money's the same yes for sure i think one of the biggest shifts for me was actually starting to read about money starting to research money. And, and like you said, it's a relationship and Mm. we have to explore that relationship. We can't just be from outside the building and and get the work done. That's on the inside of the building. (laughs) We, We have to go in and we have to do that work. And that includes exploring. And, and that is exactly, it was recognizing money as an energy and not that energy, that money itself has power. I think mm-hmm. so many of us is taught that money is power. But when we're taught that at a young age, we really take it literal. Yeah. And it takes some unraveling, some unwinding, clearing out those cobwebs. <laughs> and yes. saying, no, that's that's not true. That was a perspective. Let my adult mind process that versus just believing what my child mind told me. One of my favorite books for helping shift that was It's Not Your Money by Tosha Silver. 
Mm-hmm. I think that's the title of it, something like that. And it is understanding that, it, or it's explanations around money is energy. It's not your money. It's universal flow. Yes. And getting into relationship is, if you were saying, I really would love to receive some flowers. I really want fresh flowers every day. Flowers make me so happy. Flower, 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 flowers. And then people give you flowers and you're like, oh, not those flowers. Mm. Or you have them and then you just let them sit and die and go moldy in the water. That's how I started to think about money. Is like if you respect it and go, oh, okay, it's a gift that isn't really what I wanted, but it's a form of money. Might not be what you think you wanted, but you you weren't clear. I want money. I want flowers. What kind of flowers? How many? What? Blah, blah, blah. When we aren't respecting what we are receiving, it's it's disrespecting. And it, I kind of liken it like, say there are angels or whatever's out there. Is yeah. it? I want money, and they give you stuff, and they're like, give it to you, and you're like, no, not that. They'd be like. How ungrateful. This person over here really likes what I do for them and what conjurings and alignments and opportunities are. I'm going to, not that you get and they don't, but I kind of think of it in that sense of a relationship. Would you treat a person Mm. who's trying to give you what you're not clear on? I want more. Here's a dollar. I, I just had this visualization of like me typing into chat GBT kind of like asking it for something and it gives me right. and I could I could get mad about it or I could say oh this is amazing let me get more specific next yes. time and then I get even closer to what I want creating stuff out of thin air it's, it's amazing a workshop on chat gpt for that very reason like i wanted to ease my life i just did amazing last week it's amazing it's made my life you get crap out stop complaining about it people learn how to do it properly right it's the same thing as manifesting wishing praying when we wish we pray we need that clarity and if we don't get what we want we'd be grateful for it And then we recognize that we need to get more and more specific. When I was in the process of transforming my life um, right after a divorce, and I recognized I didn't know what a healthy relationship was. So I Mm. made it my mission to say, okay, universe, help me see what a healthy relationship looks like. And I started collecting all these beautiful ideas and concepts. And it's the same with with money and with creating an abundant life, with creating a rich life, if that's what you're craving as well, we're really wanting safety and security. And we have to perform the self-care and the self-knowing and knowing thyself is the first step. Totally agree. I, and I, I love that. Um, I, can I borrow that chat GPT? Request for money. Yes. So I, I'm working on a book. And my first thought when I sit down for this book on money is I'm going to type into the internet how to make money into Google. And it's amazing how many gimmicks and just crap there is out there. Yeah. Money is a tool, but money is the biggest sign of scarcity because we have such 
misconstrued representations of what money is. Money is not and we real. Want it, the human condition, and this isn't about people who are struggling in any way. The human condition is about efficiency. Yes. Always trying to do things the easiest, fastest, quickest way. So yeah. when we come across money, sales lines that have make more money in 30 days, our brain goes, oh, there's the quick answer. That's the problem. It's a strategy. It's a tactic. It's why people win the lottery, but lose it all within a few years. They burn through it because they haven't mm -hmm. learned what that frequency is and they're not in alignment with it. Yes. With wealth. <laughs> I find that a lot with multi-passionate entrepreneurs. Now, there's nothing wrong with being a multi-passionate entrepreneur, but there are blocks that tend to come up a lot because there's a lot of like not feeling worthy. So a, a lot of multi-passionates will go in certification and certification and certification because they don't feel like they know enough. Now, that also makes them extremely brilliant. <laughs> like coaches that are multi-passionate are actually brilliant because they have so much wisdom in all these different areas. But it can be really challenging as a multi-passionate to make money because they can't choose one avenue to be super specific on. And so I agree. And one of the causes I have come across, so this is an opinion, this is sure. experience. Mm -hmm. um, they reach that ceiling of discomfort, of, of worthiness or whatever the ceiling is about. And rather than face that storm okay try and keep me on track here one of my analogies is sailing like i got my little sail sailboat over there yeah one of our one of our discomforts is rather than face a storm whatever kind of conflict or struggle or just uncomfortable sensation we will go around it now the problem with going around it is a couple of things one it takes longer Mm -hmm. two it can still catch up with you if it's a storm you can't outrun storms in a boat i can tell you that experience that and three it can actually capsize you and i'm pretty sure those capsizes are when our lives just fall apart we knew we were trying to outrun something instead of going okay here's some stuff whatever that is I'm just going to sail straight through it and I'll get through the other side because it's going, it's faster. Go through it. And that was where I was hoping to keep on track. I bring that up because facing our discomfort of our next ceiling or the next level or whatever language we want to use, <clears throat> I'll go and study this thing over here or shiny project syndrome. I will go and do this and avoid the discomfort of getting that, which is my breakthrough that's why they call it glass ceiling breakthrough. But Mel, that storm is so scary. Why would we want oh. to go through it? <laughs> I don't know about you, but cows do it. I heard somebody talk about it. Cows try and out. They now. Oh God, I can't remember. Do they try and outrun it, or they know to go straight through it? I can't remember. Something about cows doing that. I'm gonna have to look it up now. Yeah, that's a go look it up thing. 
I love that. Yeah. Well, and I used to use this analogy too, but I, I love yours because that is so how our mindset approaches it. I would always approach it in, we ask the universe or, or God for something and a challenge is placed in front of us for us to gain the skills or wisdom and we avoid it. And we keep asking and we keep asking and it can happen a couple different ways. Either chaos can come in and remove all the obstacles for you. And you're like, my life's a mess. What happened? I've just lost everything. And it's like, well, you wouldn't get rid of it. You wouldn't clear the way. So I had to clear the way for you. Mm-hmm. I was helping you. <laughs> now you're still complaining. <laughs> yeah. So we really have to like step back from these situations and approach fear, approach discomfort. I think that's one of the biggest things for people that are on accelerated paths is that they stop, they see an obstacle and they go, Ooh, let me explore this with curiosity and see what lessons are here. And critical thinking of validating the fear. Is that really what my protective ego mind is making it out to be. So that's the first part. If you want steps, folks, here they are. Analyze and with curiosity, critically examine the fear. How justified is that fear? Second, how can I break this down into manageable pieces or chunks or parts or or whatever? Break it down. Oh, I've got to write my, I want to write a book, but it's too big a project. That's because you're thinking about the end result of the book in its printed form. What if I decided, I don't know what all the chapters are going to be, but this one is just buzzing around my head and it's calling to be written. That's why I feel I need to write a book. Just start there. But when we try and look at the whole of anything or the end result of something, I don't want to have that difficult conflict, conflicting conversation. Because you're already drama in your head, playing the movie in your head of what mm. might be the outcome, which is your discomfort. Instead of the longer you leave that mentality, the worse it's going to get. And go, okay, this is uncomfortable. I'm just going to be human and be real about whatever it is that this conflict's about and get through it quicker. So the steps yeah. are review it, break it down, Take the action. Right. And like so many of us have heard these quotes such as like change is on the other side of your discomfort. You know, we know these quotes and we know them consciously. We know that to write the book, we have to make time every day. We're not just going to find time magically. Like we have to make the time to do it. Oh, hold on. The fairies aren't just going to have the pages written for me overnight. Right. I can't just sit and like meditate and like see my book and then it's just done. Right. Like I can't just wish it into existence. No, you can wish someone to come into your life to write it with you. Yes. Yes. You can give me a solution I haven't thought of yet. And then you've got to be open to seeing the possibility that's different from what you thought the path was. Yes. We have to hold on to that that tangible outcome that we really, really want and not be so attached to it has to be this way. Mm. But to think like, I want to make a change in this world by helping female entrepreneurs 
change their relationship with money and be able to easily make money to change their lives. If I have something that loose, but that driven, that, that clarity of purpose, then I can just share that message and wait for people to show up and help me carry out that mission. Mm. Same thing with a book, right? If I know I want to write a book on this topic and this is the outcome that I want my readers to come away with, then I just need to make the time to allow that to happen. And here's an example, a real recent example for me. Last week, so I've really shifted into partnerships. A bunch of reasons why I want to have more partnerships. And one is it's more fun working with someone. I'm a collaborator by heart. But the other part is I can do tactics, but I love the heart part of it. So I want to partner with tacticians, strategists, experts who have this, the things, the tangibles, and I want to blend my intangible inner work so that they get the, the amplification. It benefits the clients and it benefits the other expert, coach, whatever they are. And so in the last couple of weeks, I've been going to bed thinking, okay, I'm open to partnerships. This is what I, the intention I, I want to have A, B, and C which are a bit like you just described, loose, bigger purpose, serving more people that can then create opportunities for those who cannot hire coaches. So there's Mm -hmm. a bigger reason behind it all. So I'm open to that, please. (laughs) And then last week at my, I, I go to a monthly mastermind and at that networking, there was a new guest there and we instant were like, oh, we're gonna do a partnership. Thanks. How easy was that? Just a couple of nights falling asleep with the intention and I'm, I'm open to partnerships, bringing the right people for me. And when you're in that place of trust and knowing, when that person shows up, you know it's a good fit. You know you can trust because you've done the inner work and they're in alignment. You can trust your in- instincts. Sometimes the universe does like to test us mm-hmm. and if we don't pay attention to the flags, like you ask for partnerships. Now I'm putting in like the chat GPT that's in the greatest good for all. Yes. But that can still be my greatest good is to learn a really shit lesson for my greatest good. <laughs> so you got to be careful sometimes and have that perspective of going, I want ease and flow. That's my cheat phrase with ease and flow. Yes. Well, everything we have today is either what we asked for or what we didn't ask for. on the way to getting what we asked for yes yes (laughs) and I love that and you know I I think when I first started in the online business world you would hear the people that are all about mindset and they're just like it's just mindset it's just mindset and then you hear the people that are like screw mindset it's just tactics like if you've got the right tactics and it's never just one thing it is never just one thing Saying it's this or that is scarcity mindset. It's it's old NLP fear mongering. I've got a bit of a bugbear. I love all you NLP. Well, I love some of you NLP practitioners, but there's a lot. And this is where the nasty car salesman started was with NLP back in the 60s. And they worked out that we they can say things that create scarcity to buy things that we don't actually want. 
Now, the beautiful NLPers out there are helping people find their truth. That is marketing. It's marketing. Every marketing training will tell you to create some scarcity. And there's better ways to create scarcity. There's pleasant, authentic ways. It's like, I have this training. It's available for three days. Like, you have to purchase it in the next three days. That is okay. Scarcity. But saying... And that's because the reason behind it is we want you to do this thing that is of benefit to you, not... I don't give a shit what you do with this product or course. I just want to make money from you. Yeah. That's the difference. The energy behind it, the intention shines through, right? I tell, I'm like, someone can give you a gift and person A can give it to you with the intent of thinking you owe me. And the other one is saying, oh, this is just for you because you're so great. They don't have to say anything. You will feel it. Now the perception of the of the receiver can also be skewed. That's a whole sure. other factor. But we can feel people's intentions. There was a, a research study shown on women being able to feel people looking at them through a mm. window that they couldn't see. And yes. it was like ninety percent of women could tell if there was one person, two people, three people staring at them and they couldn't see anything. Like I get that. Yeah. Yep. It, slight deviation. When I was back in the dating realm, as in being a dating coach, I had this phrase, what's the difference between a stalker and romance? Mm. Your own intention about the person. Do you yeah. like them or not? Right. And it changes. If, if you're with someone for a while and suddenly you change how you view them, they can be doing the exact same thing that they've always been doing. And suddenly you just see it in a different light. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so it's, it is both. It is both the yin and the yang, the feminine, the masculine, the mindset, the tactics. We need both of those. As you are working with individuals, and let's use money mindset, because everything is everything's a relationship, as we've we've said. What is the biggest money mindset block that you see come up? That they're aware of or that is the diagnosis? Because it's two completely different things. Oh, so true. Let's let's do both. Let's start with what they're aware of. Okay. So when clients, I include money in all of my work with someone. They come to me with relationships. Let's do some money work while we're in there. They... The biggest thing is that we use language like scarcity, fear, lack. The language people who may not be in the coaching space yet might use is don't have enough. I'm struggling to pay bills. I'm going for this promotion. I can't seem to find the right job or I'm not getting the interviews or I'm, I've got to be careful what I say and don't trigger people. But there's something missing and they want more. That's how it shows up. Their language is around, I want A and I only have Z. Yeah, I'm trying, but it just can't. It just, it just isn't working. Yes. Can't do yes. It. Or the other language could be, when I'm something, I'll be mm-hmm. able to. So that's the kind of place they're at. So I am uh, one of my superpowers is asking powerful questions 
okay. part of that's training but part of that's just i just in, I, i'm an empath mm-hmm. i'm intuitive yeah. and so i can ask questions and they're like i don't even know how to answer that so like, yeah but that's the question we need to answer and so the biggest block to answer your question is often self-worth mm. and we can clear the blocks to that again as i touched on we don't know our blind spots because it's there to keep us safe so our ego's job is to keep us alive unfortunately we don't have the same threats and so it perceives any emotions that are uncomfortable as a threat now it's just like a kind of hyperactive bored security guard like oh oh it's a threat oh oh no calm the farm it it it's just me having an argument and so if we look at ego as trying to protect us from something that it thinks is a problem, mm-hmm. it puts up all sorts of smoke and mirrors and yeah. distractions and avoidance and blah, blah, blah. If we can address those, you get to your next level. Now, millionaires, multimillionaires, billionaires, they all still have next level blocks. How do I know that? Because I've worked with millionaires. They have, they're striving for their next block and they have to clear them too. Oh, I still have blocks. They show up every day, every other day. Yeah, it's it's a constant evolution of what else. I, I don't like the term comfort zone. Step outside your comfort zone. You cannot do that. That literally feels dangerous. It's, you're going to step off it the does. cliff. It's so, ear alarms going off. Yeah, this is here. They're going, don't, don't step there. You're going to die. So what I like to do is change the whole phrasing around that. Say, let's expand your comfort zone. Mm, love that. You have a bigger field to play in. Mm. Let's change the defense barriers from a brick wall to maybe a see-through bubble yeah possible and then maybe an invisible shield i love i'm just such a marvel girl rwanda is that how you say yeah yeah where there's this force field and you don't even know it's there you can travel through it and some things can come through i love using that analogy with my clients like let's set up your beautiful force field love can come through all the frequencies above love can come through nothing else I love that. And that definitely correlates with something I hear clients say a lot. And when they're healing their their female, their woman wounds, being able to take up space. So often we don't let our boundaries, you know, our our bubble expand because we're scared to take up space. Like we're going to invade on someone else's space. But really, it just means that we can hold more good. And a really good way, I mean, you've got your personal human 3D space and then you've got your energetic space. So this is what I used to be a Latin dancer. And you too. Like we have so much in common. Oh my Lord. And so initially when we would couple dance, partner dance, you kind of like would hold your partner here and there'd be this void in the middle. Just holding someone, that's the first step. And then you come Mm -hmm. into the next. And then by the end, you're doing bachata and zook and you're like chest to chest and you're hot and sweaty together. And you're like, nice dance. Thanks. See ya. That space, that comfort is a really practical indicator of what your comfort zone is and where 
your yes there's safety awareness i, I prefaced this with there's human safe and then there's energetic but yeah. if you're comfortable with people being in your energy field that's a really good indicator for me huggers are another mm. oh you're okay with things coming into your you're probably a manifester when you're a hugger yeah very generic generalized please don't hate on me troll me oh, no, but that, no. and we're not those we're not those in, type of people oh, it's a, it's an indicator of where your energy field could be yes i love that i love that so let me ask you this is this is something that shows up for me a lot and i'm still really working on this as well and maybe i'll get with you after this and and see what work we can do the the constant busyness i constantly have to work on myself and reevaluate how much busyness i'm allowing to happen or how much overload i'm allowing myself to happen and i always reach new capacities and then i'm oh, like oh excellent good job girl high five right like it's amazing how much stuff i can do in one day and it's a it's a badge of honor for a lot of us and especially if you come from a corporate background or you know you a people pleaser high achiever mentality it's it's very very common and i constantly preach this because i know personally the side effects of it but what would you tell people people like that and people like me and you can be hard it's okay Oh, I was going to love You could just see me going, okay, how do I deliver this with love? And a really nice way of considering this to help shift instead of like is, and I just worked on, I've got a client I've been working with for quite a while now. And we just, what's next? What's next? It's not like any massive problem. Anywho. And this busyness and time is coming up a lot at the moment. It's the old paradigm of hustle. We're kind of breaking the old nine to five doctrine and what happened was since we did i think it was literally a week or 10 days ago she's like i'm sick of constantly push 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 fast 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 achievement and a lot of it's on non-income generating or stuff that doesn't juice her up or it's i haven't systemized this why am i doing the same thing for this event as i did last month i was like honey it's as as you just said it's a badge of honor of how busy we are and i get it it's a it's in a doctrine but when we cleared that two firstly two clients that were a little bit high maintenance just gently sacked her and in the same day two new leads came in love that what i helped her in her session to do was understand space we all have opportunities and what we choose to fill them with if we fill them with i'm worthy i got up early today i am going to have a nap at some point during the day because i know by taking that half hour 45 minutes out i will be recharged I will be more clear of thoughts and more purpose aligned and therefore more productive by not pushing through. 
Now that's taken me a while to get out of my own corporate. I'm an ex-EA who would not leave until my boss had left. I'd be in before my boss. I had to have the zero inbox. It took me a while to break a lot of those things. I'm feeling guilty if I did anything personal on a Monday to Friday. It makes so much more sense to do things Monday to Friday than on the weekend when everyone else is trying to do it at the same time. It's just way more efficient. So making space mm-hmm. for flow, for opportunities, for efficiencies. When we catch that we're trying to do it, why are we, why are you as an individual using checklist outputs as your measure of success? Yeah. Yeah. And one thing I've included more is like you were mentioning the pause, the the space and allowing myself to go, okay, I finished this task. I'm going to take a moment Mm. just to breathe. I might lay and roll out on my foam roller or Mm. go upstairs, go outside. Those things I find really help create balance for me. Because just pushing one after the next, I feel my breath getting shallow. I feel myself suddenly going into avoidance and distraction. And I become less productive. Yeah, the the client I was referring to, she said, I haven't got enough time, but I certainly made enough time to be scrolling on Facebook and commenting in groups and doing all that. So I've been there for an hour and a half. It's like, oh, but you haven't got enough time in the day. And she said, I know, I just... It's your subconscious, sweetheart. The, the first step is awareness, and that's okay. And I just want to bring up that balance piece. Mm-hmm. People have the, and maybe, I don't even know, actually. I'm not even going to assume where it came from. Well, there's but, so many perceptions of balanced life. Oh, yeah, and it's it's like, so if I do three hours work, I have to take three hours off. No, no, no. We're not talking about equal for equal. And I think somewhere along the way, that's what, people think balance is it's like true equality of the the things Uh but as you said I love to spend 45 minutes an hour and I'm really really focused and then I'll take five minutes I'll make a cup of tea because I'm British I'll take a tea and I'll walk around the garden I can't believe I'm saying that when I was in my 20s and 30s the garden was like for old people but I love my garden now and I'll talk to the plants. I'm one of those that I was, in fact, I was doing it yesterday from my fiance and he just stood there and he's just like, you're kind of cute in your weirdness. I'm like, yeah, I know. And <laughs> I just take a moment to shift my head. And I tell you, every time I step away when I'm kind of like, okay, I've seen I've written a newsletter. Mm. I want to add one more thing. And I'm just looking there and going, what else? I'm trying to make it happen. <laughs> shallow breathing here's the indicator I'm frustrated go for a quick walk go check the mailbox just step away for a minute or two come back and like oh that's what I should do boom yes and you get the little break win-win a break a breather but making sure right because I also do this too where it suddenly becomes an avoidance where it's like oh but a little bit longer but oh I don't want to go back uh so that's where I think that word balance really comes in is is recognizing what is needed to balance it out and making sure that you're not 
diving into procrastination again. <laughs> and that's the mindset awareness. What am yeah. I avoiding? What success am I afraid of? Yes. And and recognizing it. And just a quick tip that, you know, shallow breathing is one of the biggest indicators. Your breath, your energy, your energy is determined by your breath. And and checking in with your breath constantly is is a great way to know whether you're in fear or if you're in love, if you're in scarcity or if you're in abundance. So Yeah, I had to train my my fiance that my deep breath was nothing to do with him. He's like, you keep, are you okay? You keep doing that. It's like, no, no, no. That's just me clearing. That's just me. Reset. I do it yes. without realizing now. So if you were to give a new business owner who is just in chaos because they don't <laughs> know where to start, they don't know what to do, you know, maybe they have their first client, maybe they don't. What is the biggest piece of advice that you would give them? Mm-hmm. Other than what I've said so far, I would add in, I'm hung up on the word you say chaos because uh, uh, my keynote title is chaos to come. So I'm kind of anchored in. It. I, I need to let that go a little bit because it's not about that. Mindset is important. Obviously I'm biased. I'm a mindset mentor, but actually if I were starting again, okay, here we go, would be Pick one tactic that juices you up, that excites you to be mastered of. And people here, you got to be on all the channels. You got to do this. You got to just pick one tactic and learn it because all of the strategies work. None of them are dead. Email marketing is not dead. Launches aren't dead. Five day challenges are not. None of the tactics are dead. That Those is NLP tactics. It's it's a tactic to get you by their tactic. Okay, so none of them are dead. Go all in on one, and find the specific coaches or specialists of mm-hmm. that tactic. So if you like want to create YouTube videos, which most people don't want to do, find the people who teach YouTube mastery. Become a master of one tactic. Work out your mindset blocks of that tactic next level before you move on to the next one. Failing fast is also a problem language because you think, oh, that didn't work once. No, 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 no. Have you given it all the variables? Now, if it were me to pick a tactic, work on your messaging, mm-hmm. messaging specialists. That's Agreed. the thing that turned it around for me. Agreed. Once you get your message clear, everything else becomes so much easier. You can try you can try all the tactics, but if your message isn't clear, if you're not clear about what you're delivering, what your product is, what your services are, whatever it might be, everything else is just gonna be a waste of time. Yeah, it is. And that is exactly it. It's a waste of time. And that's what it took me five years to work out. Mm-hmm. so that would be my advice and if you want free messaging brandon lasaro and i'll give you the yes. link to put in your notes he is amazing he's heart-centered he gets this stuff now this no tactic is easy to do it right but yep. if you want a successful sustainable business you want to be able to do it correctly and i think he's a fantastic place to start and he's got so much content that's for free that you'll definitely 
get started in the right path. Love that. Love that. And just well, know Brandon. that we're always refining. Always. We're always evolving. So just because you picked something and you go with it, know that it will continue to evolve. Love it. All right. Well, thank you, Mel, so much for joining us today on this talk. How can people get in contact with you if they are wanting to work with you? So my favorite thing is empathy because part of our gifts are uniquely what makes us us. And when we understand our gifts, it's easier to understand some of our blocks. Whole thing. I didn't even talk about empathy today. So if you go to my website, Mel with two L's, M-E-L-L-B, so that's all one word, dot com. Could not make it any shorter and easier, melb.com. And if you go to forward slash resources on there, there's a bunch of free stuff, particularly around the empathy. There's an assessment so you can understand what kind of empath, what your traits are, and a bit of that mindset awareness piece of what's holding you back. Maybe you are a people pleaser and your senses are being overloaded. So you're, you're avoiding certain circumstances so that intuitively you become a better decision maker in business and life. So resources are probably best. And in there you can get my, my socials and everything else is on my website. That's so important. You know, no matter how hard we go into tactics, we can go get so lost on that side that we neglect our spiritual selves and everything can feel really dry. So make it juicy. Mm. <laughs> Love that. And, and and enjoy life because we can't forget to live in the process of working and doing what we love to do, which is grow our businesses and help more people. But we still have to honor ourselves as well. We are our businesses. We are, I, I teach that we, we have to create some separation so that we also yes. have our life, but to make sure that we are pouring energy into our businesses and our, we want to make sure that our business isn't sucking energy from us. Especially if you're the personal brand or the face of or client service, people mm -hmm. do, we are the business. We're not the identity of the business. As you say, there are separate, but. People do business with business, especially if you're a coach or healer. Yeah. They need to see you and you have to be authentic because we can tell when you're not being. Yeah. And I don't want to show up to work tired and be like, oh my gosh, I don't have time to do this. Okay, let's chat. Right. <laughs> like, that's not going to be helpful. Man, coaches I've come or healers I've come across who quit because they didn't know how to manage their, their energy levels because they were empath and didn't know how to protect and took on their client's energy. Mm -hmm. that's not serving humanity at its highest level or yourself it's not anyway. it is not all right so we have to take care of ourselves we have to make sure that we are nourished and of course we know this most of us know this but there's a big difference between knowing something and doing something <laughs> so i'm right. izzy nally and today we had mel b and you can contact mel by going to her website at mellb.com Thank you for joining us on this episode of Magnified Abundance. We hope that you found inspiration and valuable insights from our guests' journeys towards success and their mindset shifts. Remember, cultivating an abundant mindset is a continuous journey. So apply the lessons that you've learned here today 
in your own life and business and embrace the power of growth and abundance. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to Magnified Abundance on your favorite podcast platform so that you'll never miss an empowering conversation. And don't forget to leave us a review, share the podcast with a fellow professional entrepreneur or someone who you think can benefit from magnifying their abundance. And then stay connected with us on social media, where we share additional resources, quotes, and updates to keep you motivated on your path to success. You can find us on Instagram at Magnified Abundance. Thank you. Thank you once again for listening to Magnified Abundance. And remember, when you embrace an abundant mindset, possibilities become limitless. Keep magnifying your abundance and watch your success soar. Until next time, stay motivated. Stay focused, stay abundant.